Welcome to Apostolic Perspectives, where the faith is raw, the exploits are radical, and the conversation is real. Prepare your life to be activated in the supernatural and your heart to be inspired to love as your host, Mike Brewer, shares stories from around the world. Enjoy today's episode, and make sure to connect with us on all social media platforms. Hello, my friends, and welcome. Today, we are jumping right in and exposing the schemes of the devil. The enemy has schemes. These are planned strategic attacks to take you down. Now, please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not here to glorify the devil. We walk in the supernatural anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. We are not to fear. We are not to lose heart. We are not to give up. But the enemy has very, very real schemes, planned strategic attacks to destroy your life, to destroy your relationships, to destroy whatever it is God has brought to you, to sabotage the promises of God for your life. And today I'm going to help you to come into a level of truth so that you will be able to recognize these attacks. You will be able to stand firm against these attacks. Now listen, when it comes to spiritual warfare, there there's a lot of people out there that's talking about it. And, and I use kind of the joke, closing your finger in a car door is not spiritual warfare. We sow, we reap. We do things distracted. We may hurt ourselves. That doesn't mean it's spiritual warfare. I define spiritual warfare is when an entity, a demon spirit, comes against you and that conflict is how I define spiritual warfare. It's not just having a bad day. It's not just feeling bad. Those things can be aspects of it, sure. But we must level up our understanding so that when so that we don't dilute these teachings, so that we don't dilute what true spiritual warfare is. Um, the enemy just rejoices when you think, oh, you just had a bad day or you stump your toe and it gets a bruise that it's spiritual warfare and you start trying to bind a demon. No, that's not what spiritual warfare is. It is when a specific demon spirit comes against you to bring destruction, harm, death, whatever it may be. It's a very real entity. And we must understand that. So therefore, when we come against these things, when we war against these things, we want to understand what is it we are fighting against. And not just generically. It's even, it's even more powerful, more effective warfare when you can name, you understand what demon you are coming against. And that's I'll go into that in some future podcasts. You want to make sure that you subscribe to Apostolic Perspectives. But let's just jump right into this. We're going to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 6, is chapter 6, verse 10 through 14. And Paul is writing, Finally, be strong in the Lord in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. So there's two words here. One is stand. Take your stand. That That is a command. That is a push. That is an encouragement for you that you take a stand, that you do not just sit idly by and let the enemy come in with his his planned schemes, his strategies, and run over your life, run over your family, run over your children, run over your spouse, run over your church. No, you take a stand against him. 
And we understand what that means. That is taking your position and you're immovable, you are unshakable, and you are not going to allow the enemy's schemes, strategies, or plans to bring destruction against you. You're going to take a stand. So I just pray for your faith right now that you will begin to rise up in the faith of God, the faith that he has put within you in the grace of God, in the anointing of God, and that you will take a stand as we go through this, that you will begin to recognize what the enemy has been trying to do in your life to cause you to lose heart, to cause you to cower down, to cause you to go, I'm just so tired. I can't take it anymore. Or I'm just so tired. I just can't stand anymore. You have, you come to a revelation that it is his strength that's working in you, that in your weakness, his strength is made perfected. So I just pray right now that as we go through this, both the word of God and the anointing of God will bring an encouragement to you that you will rise up in faith and you will take a stand as we expose the devil's schemes in your life. So moving on here in, in, in verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. So guys, that is levels of rulers. That, that is levels of, of demonic entities, if you will. There are levels of these things. So sometimes it's a lower ranking thing that comes against you, and sometimes it's a higher ranking thing that comes against you. And we take a stand against all of those, but we war within a strategy that God has given to us. So let's go on here. I want to break down Ephesians 6, 11, and it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So the schemes, that word is methodia. It's where we get our term method, of course. Um, so methodia is, it speaks of cunning arts, deceit or deception, a craft, a trickery. So cunning arts, that could be a part of this occult system. There's levels of warfare, and when the warfare comes from the occult, it is actually being sent against you. That occult level warfare is a higher level of warfare. That is where someone is actually summoning up a demon. Someone is fully partnering with a demon, and they are sending that demon to come against you. That is an occult level scheme that is coming against you. It wants to bring deceit. It wants to bring deception. If you think of craft, you can think of witchcraft or the witch's craft. That's, again, that's an occult-level thing. But these are methods. These are schemes. These are methods. These are strategic plans or methods to bring you down. Why am I emphasizing that? Because you must understand as a child of God, especially if you are operating in ministry, if you are advancing the kingdom of God, if you are an intercessor, if you are a five-fold leader, if you are an elder in a church, if you are advancing the kingdom of God, do not be surprised when the enemy comes against you with a systematic planned attack. And guys, it's not just a frontal assault. Many times it'll hit you um, head on while coming from the side and hitting your family and hitting your ministry and hitting your career or how you source your life, your income, 
all at the same time or in systematic approaches. It is to wear you down, to get you to surrender, to get you to sit down and no longer take a stand. Schemes is methodia. So we're going to move on here in verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when you have a scheme, a strategy coming against you, Paul says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, when that strategic attack comes, you may be able to stand your ground, standing your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And God, we could break all of that down, the buckle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet with the gospel of peace. All of those are key points in standing, and I encourage you to go break those down with that truth, that truth that is wrapped around you, that holds all of this armor together, the righteousness of God over your chest, the righteousness of God and the gospel of peace. But I'm going to move on because I'm wanting to break these, these, this methodia down for you. In verse 16, in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is, this is where we're going to look at right now, is these flaming arrows. What is a flaming arrow of the evil one? Guys, you must understand, as part of the method, yeah, as part of the method to bring you down, one aspect of that are flaming arrows. And you, if you break down strategy of the enemy over your life, God's not just a day. You have to understand the enemy plays this long-term systematic plan, strategy, or methodia to destroy your life. Many of you have been inside of a scheme of the enemy for decades, and you've not realized it. You see, we in the Western world, we, we think in, in very quick terms, quick turnarounds, a one-year vision, not a 10-year vision or a 30-year vision. We don't necessarily think like the, the Hebrews thought as in legacy, as in longevity. So this, many of you have been in an attack since you were, you were born, since you were a child. And that's what these flaming arrows are. This, this flaming arrow, here's the breakdown on the screen if you're actually watching this on the video. But it is bellos, if I pronounce those correctly. But it is a missile, a dart, a javelin, or an arrow. The point of a spear, it is a needle. A flaming arrow of the enemy is something that pierces you. It is something that pierces you. It breaks that outer layer of skin. It, if, it, if you will, it pierces unto the heart. It causes deep emotional pain. It can create physical pain. It can destroy the structure of your body. It can destroy the emotions that are within you. Flaming arrows comes in many different ways. It can come in the form of a word curse. 
It could come in the form of your father jumping on you as a child and just berating you with his words, breaking you down, tearing you down um, systematically over time. You are no good. You are ugly. You are you are a. All kinds of adjectives can come out of people that are using these flaming arrows. But these can be painful words that are spoken over you, spoken to you, spoken against your destiny. You're never amounting to anything. Um, you'll marry an abuser just like your father. You will do this. You'll never have relationships. Your marriage will fail. These, these are word curses that are piercing, that are attempting to pierce your heart. Now, just because they're spoken doesn't mean they have pierced your heart. But if they did pierce your heart, then that that belos, that arrow missile dart or that flaming arrow hit the target. And if it hits the target, it's just like a, a, a an, an injection. It comes in and the arrow may be pulled out, but it leaves this poison residue on the inside. And that poison residue remains a part of that scheme. And if that is not dealt with in your life, then you may be decades old, but that poison is still operating within your life, sabotaging your relationships, sabotaging your, your thinking. So you must be able to deal with these things of the past. And you don't deal with them going, yeah, it happened and going on. You you deal with them as you work them out, as you pray through them. And I'm going to give you some, some insights into how to remove these things here in just a little bit. You may have been rejected. You may have been molested or raped. You may have been deeply embarrassed as a child. And all of those activities are like that flaming arrow that pierced the heart. It pierced the body. It pierced the emotions. It pierced the thinking. And it released the poison within to ultimately bring forth destruction. It was part of a scheme. Part of a scheme. This may have happened when you were eight years old, but now you're 48 years old, and that scheme is still in operation because you were unaware of the schemes of the enemy. I'm going to take you to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. We're going to look at verse 1 here. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. I want us to look at that word lose. We're going to break some things down here in the Greek just a little bit. But the word lose is ekeo, if I pronounce that correctly. But it means to fail in heart, to faint, to be weary. Guys, the enemy wants you to lose heart. It wants you to fail in your heart. Once you, the, these schemes come so that you ultimately surrender your will. You surrender your life. Well, you go, well, it's just the way it is. Well, it's just my lot in life. Well, it's just meant to be that way. And you put this thing on God. Well, it's just God's sovereignty. No, it absolutely is not. It absolutely is not God's sovereignty for you to be broken in this place, in this way, to have lost heart. That is not that is absolutely not the will of God. And do not let some preacher cause you to blame um, 
a pain, a curse, a rape, a molestation, and call it the sovereignty of God. It was not the sovereignty of God. It was the wickedness of man in agreement with a scheme, in agreement with a demon to bring about destruction in your life. So we resist these things. We do not lose heart. We do not grow weary, but we war against these things. Now going on in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 2 and we're going to we're going to camp out here in verse 2. But rather, we have renounced. So rather than losing heart, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So where it says we have renounced secret and shameful ways, there's three words that we're going to break down here that's going to expose how the, the enemy, and it's going to expose how we, we break the scheme of the enemy. Number one, if you've been around me very much, you have probably had me lead you in renunciations where we renounce curses we renounce things here is where that comes from if you have my self-deliverance guide it is full of renunciations but we have renounced secret and shameful ways that's what the apostle paul told the corinthians renounced is epion if i pronounce that correctly but it is to speak out to set forth declare to forbid to give up, to renounce an old way of doing things. So this is a past tense. This is talking about Paul looked back and said, I have renounced those ways. I've renounced the secret things, and I've renounced the shameful ways. So he is saying there was a moment in time to where he cut things off in his life. After we come to Christ, the truth comes in us. The truth reveals old ways that we used to operate. Now, we're forgiven the moment we come to Christ, but we also renounce those old ways. Renunciation is not uh, repentance. Repentance is towards God. Renunciation is towards the enemy and the acts and things that you partnered with the enemy in your past. So repentance is towards God. Renunciation is declaring to forbid any further agreement that you once had with the enemy. It's saying you're not going to participate in that any longer. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways to renounce, to set, to speak forth, to speak out, to declare, to forbid. Now, we're going to look at the second word there. We've renounced, so we understand what renunciation is, but what what is Paul saying to renounce? He said secret and shameful ways. So the word secret here is cryptos, and cryptos means something that was concealed, something that was done in private, a private matter, a private thing. It was a hidden thing. It was an inward thing. It was a secret thing. Paul said, we have renounced the secret, concealed, private, hidden, inward things that we were a part of. 
Guys, these can be things that you participated in or things that you were forced to participate in. When this talks about cryptos, it, this is what the occult is. The occult, occult is the secret. It is the the hidden knowledge. It is the private ways. That's what cryptos, it's the secret thing. The occult is absolutely in line with this word right here. And Paul said, we have renounced the secret, the cryptos thing or the occultic thing. Now it's, it's more than just a cult, but if you've been in the occult, it is imperative that you renounce all of those secret, concealed, private, and hidden things that you participated in. This could also mean the inward things of the heart, those feelings of hatred or anger that others may not be aware of, those, those feelings where you may look at someone and you just wish they would die. That's a secret inward thing that should be renounced. It was such intent of evil. Um, there's other secret like internal vows that you may have taken where you said, I will never, I will die before I ever tell anyone about this thing. That's an inward hidden secret vow. And the apostle Paul said, renounce it, renounce that cryptos thing, renounce that secret thing. Now let's look at shameful ways. This is the second thing the apostle told us to renounce. And I'm not going to speak the Greek word anymore because I don't do that very well. Um, but the shameful means the confusion of one who is ashamed of anything, a sense of shame, disgrace, or dishonor. Many of you are living under shame because of something that you have done or because of something that was done to you. If that's the case, Paul said renounce it. In Christ, you're forgiven. So therefore, you do not have to live under that shameful way anymore. You see, God has forgiven you. If you have repented toward God, God has forgiven you because of Christ's sake. But now you must look at that old activity, whatever it was that was done to you or you, done, you did or participated in, and you say, I renounce doing that. This is how you engage in spiritual warfare. You don't just sit and live under old secret ways. You don't just sit and live under shameful things that you have done or that things that were done to you. But Paul said you go on the offense and you renounce it. This is to declare, to forbid something, to set something forth. It says, I will not live under that anymore. I renounce that thing. It has no claim over me any longer. In Christ, I am washed clean by the holy blood of Jesus, and therefore I cut this thing off. I forbid it to continue in my life any longer. You see, there's six entry points. And I'm not going to go into this deep. I'm just going to read these to you. My self-deliverance guide is extensively dealing with these, and you can get those on my website at mikebrewer.life. But there's six entry points, and we teach people, you renounce the six entry points of evil. We're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about deliverance. So if these things have taken place in your life, how do you get set free from them? And here's, here's a few ways. Number one is generational assignment. Some people call that generational curses. This is where something is sent to bring destruction against you, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not. 
anyone can send something, which is send stuff all the time. But you have to have a an understanding of spiritual warfare in order to stand against those evil things. So you want to make sure that there's no place in your life that that thing that is sent can root in. So generational assignments, generational curses is something we renounce. We renounce all occult activities, all of it, guys, all of it, from minor parlor room games, magic eight balls, to Ouija boards, to seances, calling up the dead, speaking the dead, psychic activities, kundalini yoga. I mean, the list goes on and on. If you've been a part of cults or or religious systems that were anti-God but yet put forth a, a false front such as the Masonic Lodge or, or Mormonism, another form of a Masonic Lodge, you renounce all of those things. You renounce willful sin. And guys, it's more than just smashing your finger with a hammer and saying something. Um, but I'm talking about deep involvement in willful sin. You renounce those things. You renounce addictions. Addictions open you up. For these things to come in. So therefore you renounce those things. You renounce the things that brought you unto addiction. You renounce abandonment. Of course you forgive. But when people walk away from you and it pierces your heart, that's that bellows, that's that flaming arrow that is sent of the enemy. So if someone has walked away from you, guys, renounce that. You forgive them, and then you renounce that pain and confusion. And then if you have been abused or you have abused others, you renounce those secret, hidden, shameful cryptotic ways, those cryptos ways, those secret things. And then there's six strongholds. And, and as I go through this deliverance and spiritual warfare teachings here on the podcast, I'm going to break some of these things down for you, but I'm just tossing out an overview for you right now. But as there's six common entry points of evil, there's six common strongholds, fear, anger, rejection, depression, self-hatred, and abuse is actually on both of these. So guys, I encourage you to go to my website. I've got further resources there at mikebrewer.life, but I'm just going to pray over you right now. Father, I ask for the strategies of the kingdom of God to come upon my brothers and sisters. God, I ask that you touch them, bless them, and that you strengthen them, Father. God, that you bring forth revelation, Lord, through this teaching and others, Lord, that they would follow the Apostle Paul's word in 2 Corinthians, that they would renounce the secret and shameful ways of their past. Father, I thank you for them, and I ask you, God, for great freedom in their life. Let your Holy Spirit come and your kingdom come in the name thank of you Jesus. For Apostolic Perspectives with your host, Mike Brewer. We hope that you are blessed by listening, and we encourage you to check us out on social media at facebook.com slash apostolicperspectives. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to keep up with all of the latest episodes.